yourself this morning and cause us to come together and we are thankful for Zoom because we are all over the map and we're able to come together, Lord, and worship you and fellowship and we're just grateful for that this morning. And so, Father God, we just ask that you would cause us to have ears to hear and hearts open to receive the word this morning and that whatever we do here together that you would uh, cause us to have a manifestation of your spirit that the holy spirit would minister to us we are just thankful lord because we know if it were not for you where would we be this morning and so we give you the glory and we give you the honor and praise in jesus name amen, amen. all right dr Carl. Relationship. 
and the connection. Amen. Oh, I could be whole and I could tell everyone my mouth that you thought I was worth. So you came.
belongs to you. It belongs to you. My hallelujah belongs to you. No music, just voices. Come on. My Yes, ma'am, unless you'd like a little bit more. <laughs> well, I think we'll stop right there. Let Reverend, she did her introduction of her pastor, so uh, I'm the pastor, but that's the Reverend, and we're going to introduce him to Sarah and present to others, the Reverend, Reverend Richard Robeson, and he's going to bring us the word this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Amen. That song, boy, I tell you, people, we need some people to join. I put that, I put it on my podcast, but you know, the people gonna listen on YouTube ain't gonna hear it. Uh, uh, that song, you thought I was worth saving. Yeah. He thought I was worth saving. A, a, a wrench like me, he thought I was worth saving. He thought I was to die for. So he came and he changed my life. See, that's part of my story. That's part of my life story. He thought I was worth saving, and he came, and he changed my life. He changed my whole entire... You know, I was talking to one of my uh, old buddies. It, it was... I'm going to tell you, God works in some ways, because normally I work this Sunday. I only uh, off on the Sundays that I normally bring the word. But uh, for some reason, they gave me last Sunday and this Sunday off. So, so God works. God works a little differently. I uh, when I got off late last night, I talked to old Elmo. Sabrina knows Elmo, uh, uh and his sister Rose uh, uh, has joined us several times now. He was one of my childhood friends, and this uh, this guy right here, I'm telling you, we were sitting back talking about how unfortunate we was, how we grew up, how many days I had to go over his house because I had had nothing in my house to eat. 
nothing. Because my uncle, he tried to want to raise me. He tried hard, but you know, I was hard. I was hard headed, uh, uh, uncontrollable. He wasn't buying no food. He like, you know what? Let that boy go out and get his own. And I'm going to tell you something. That sounds rough and that sounds tough, but that made me tough. That made me tough. But as me and Elmo was talking, I'm like, wait a minute. We ain't unfortunate. We we God gave us life and he gave us life to choose the way we we take we do this life. We the one that chose that road that we went down. See, uh, for y'all who haven't heard this story, Elmo was pushed out of a three-story flow glass window. On the way to the hospital, they pronounced him dead. DOA on the way to the hospital. And when he got to the hospital, he started breathing again. He woke up. One of his uh, uh, legs is shorter than the other because of this incident. And uh, when I thought about it, what we was talking about, it kind of blended into this song. Elmo was worth saving. I was worth saving. That boy was worth saving. I didn't think about this song as night, but you know, like I say, God works mysteriously. Works mysteriously. And when I get off, I sent him the link hoping that after we talked for about an hour yesterday, he would join. But I think he thinks that he's too bad and he done done too much. And, you know, I'm quite sure that's what he thinks because that's part of what the conversation. But once again, he was pushed out of three-story four window, pronounced D-O-A. Dead on arrival. Dead on arrival. And so we was talking and, and, and it made me look at myself and it made me think about myself and how God has brought me out. See, sometimes my message today is taking a fearless and moral inventory of yourself. That's something that sometimes we may need to do. Take a fearless and moral inventory. Now, here's another part why I say God works in mysterious ways. Today is November 19th. I'm preaching today. I got today off work. And today I celebrate 16 years clean and sober. Today. <laughs> see, you see how God works? This wasn't my time to preach. I wasn't supposed to be off this Sunday. But God works because he wanted me to give this message. That the pastor texted me late last night and told me I need you to get a message. But God had already wanted me to give this message on my 16 years of sobriety. See, God be working and we don't even know why. Sometimes we don't even know why he's doing it, but he is doing it. We serve a mighty God. We serve an awesome God that already know what he doing before we even think about it. He already know. Have you ever thought about taking an inventory of your life? Have you ever just gotten still and quiet for the purpose of examining your life? Letting God shine his holy light into your very heart. It's not everyone who can be bold and adventuresome enough, faithful and honest enough to take a searching and fearless moral inventory of his or her life. But a person willing to do this, that's an indicator that you're willing to grow. It's an indicator when you look deep down in your life, 
and you take everything and you be serious about it, because some people will be like, well, I'm not that bad. But they're not telling the truth. They are that bad. If they dug deep enough, they'll find some things. So if you believe you are ready to blast out of your comfortable Christianity to hear the sounds of the trumpets in the morning, to begin to begin to walk in a new kind of life that you never knew before, let me encourage you to take inventory. Begin with the classical seven deadly sins. Begin with something simple. The classical, they call it. Evaluate your victories and failures with regards to each, making notes as you go through them thoroughly and truthfully. The sins I'm referring to are these. Slotfulness, sloopfulness. I'm quite sure I ain't pronouncing that right. I never could. Sloopfulness or laziness. Gluttony. Gluttony. Greed. Lust, envy, anger, and one of the most deadly sins of all, pride. Search yourself for these things, pride. How about it? Are you ready to take inventory? Colossians 3 and 5. Therefore, consider the, mem the members of your earthly body as dead to immortality, impurity, passion, evil, and greed. See, a moral inventory is not a new idea. More, taking a moral inventory is not a new idea at all. The Old Testament assumed that it would be a part of the life of God's people. Let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. That's Lamentations 3 and 40. Lamentations 3 and 40, I'm going to run that by you again. Let us examine our ways and test them and let us return to the Lord. See, God wants us to know what's out there. He wants us to know what's out there. He wants us to be prepared for what's out there. He wants us to know what's out there so we can return back to where we should be in the first place. That's what I get out of Lamentations 3 and 40. In 1 John, it tells you to stop, to shut down everything and take an inventory of your life. 1 John 3, 19 through 24. By this, by this we shall know that we are of the truth and reassure our hearts before him. For whenever our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts. And he knows everything. If our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence before God. And whatever we ask, we receive from him because we keep his commandments and do what pleases him. And this, and this is his commandment, that we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another just as he commanded us. Whoso, who forever, whosoever keeps his commandment abides in God and God in him. And by this, we know that he abides in us by the spirit whom he gave us. Need to read that on your own. That was 1 John 3, 19 to 24. 2 Corinthians 
13 and 5. See, the Bible talks about examining yourself. The Bible talks about for you uh, newer hip hop people, check yourself before you wreck yourself. <laughs> the Bible tells you to do that. 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourself. Or do you not realize this about yourself? That Jesus Christ is in you. Unless you fail to meet the test. See, we all got Jesus Christ in us. And we all need to, we need to do this, this, uh, this, this inventory of ourselves. And when we do it, we need to be truthful about it. Like I said before, we don't need to say, okay, well, that wasn't that bad. If it was, it was. If it was that bad, it was that bad. You need to check yourself. And I'm talking about me, y'all. I got 16 years clean and sober today, but I'm going back to do the steps one more time. And for the, for y'all who don't know, which everybody on here knows, you know, I come from uh, 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 this journey. I'm going to keep it real. This journey started with the uh, free at last. And the, and the rooms of Narcotics Anonymous. And as I did those steps, and as I read the N.A. book, I heard so much about God. In the steps, you hear so much about God. And so one day I decided, well, if I keep hearing so much about God in this book and in these steps, then I'm going to just skip over. I'm going to still go to the meetings. I'm going to still keep my sponsor. But... I'm going to skip over the middleman and I'm going to go right to God. Y'all feel me? I, I'm going right to God. And, and that's what I did. And you know what? He thought I was worth saving because thank to God, I haven't picked up a joint, a drink. I ain't smoked no meth. I ain't smoked no crack in 16 years. A miracle in itself. A miracle in itself. Not, and, and, and I still take it one day at a time because I know how the enemy works. I haven't relapsed. I haven't went back. And unfortunately, I got to tell you how selfish I am. I never relapsed or went back because when I was going to those meetings and I still go to those meetings, other people was coming back from the streets to those meetings. And Sabrina G, you know what they used to say. I don't need to go back because they already went for me. They already went back and they wind up coming back. So that means that the police was still arresting you for having drugs. That means people were still ODing. That means all of this stuff is still happening. Why do I need to go back out and see it again? Don't need to. Don't need to go back out and see it again. They already did it for me. So I skipped over the little N.A. thing and I started uh, going to Bread of Life Church because, see, I celebrate 16 years clean and sober today. So when I went, it was uh, November 19th on a Monday. That Sunday that came up next, I've been going to Bread of Life Church since then too. So next Sunday... It'll be 16 years of Bread of Life Church. 
Now, why did I stay at Bread Life Church? Because see, not only it helped me spiritually, it helped me in my addiction that I still had in my mind. See, it helped me in my addiction as well. See, I needed a lot of help, y'all. Pastor tell you how <laughs> Pastor tell you how skinny I was. Sabrina, I think you caught me, uh, Sabrina G. I had picked up like 30 or 40 pounds before I first seen you. But boy, before then, I joke about hula hooping through a Cheerio. But if you made that Cheerio a little bit bigger back then, I might have hula hooped through it. I was toe up from the flow up. But a week after I went into recovery, I found Bread Life Church. So I celebrate that too. 16 years next Sunday, Bread Life Church. And if uh, God willing, it'll be 16 more. Because, see, that's what I needed. And God knows exactly what you need. Y'all heard me? Y'all heard me many times. Oh, why did I wind up in East Palo Alto, California? God, what was you thinking? I've been all across the United States, and you sent me to East Palo Alto, California? Sabrina, it's a Maywood, Illinois. That's East Palo Alto, Sabrina. It, it, it reminds me so much of Maywood, Illinois. So when I say East Palo Alto, you kind of know what I'm talking about. Maywood, Illinois. And I'm like, I've already been in places like this. Why, Lord? Why did you send me here? But you got to remember, he don't make no mistakes. He don't make no mistakes. And it took me a long time because I didn't come here and just get it. I came here, I smoked crack. I came here, I smoked meth, but God kept me with a job because I ain't had no family to go live and sleep on their couch. So I was what they called a functioning addict. At one time, for a long time, I had two jobs. And all that, and I don't want to, well, none of y'all would know, but pastor, pastor the only one, and my landlord sold crack and weed. My landlord sold crack and weed. I'm talking about for both of those jobs, got every freaking penny I made for rent and for drugs. Lord has brought me a mighty long way, y'all. I need to take another inventory of my life. If I took another inventory of my life, I would probably get on my knees and pray for a whole day straight, thanking the Lord. I don't care how many times I could thank him. It would never be enough. Let me get back to this sermon. I stopped at uh, uh, 2 Corinthians 13 and 5. Examine yourself is what it starts off. I want you to read 2 Corinthians 13 and 5 on your own. And don't be afraid to examine yourself and to thy own self be true. When you examine yourself, be true to yourself. It's just you. Don't lie to yourself. God knows you lying. You know you lying. Be true to yourself. That's how you get a real evaluation of what you need to change. Because once you look at yourself and the things you don't like about yourself, you can change them. If it's food, if it's a uh, language, it, no matter what it is, to thyself be true. But how do you live? Are you living like a deer, scared, 
that you might discover something about yourself? I'm talking about me, y'all. <laughs> I might discover something about myself if I take that fearlessness, but it's okay because I may need to discover something about myself. How do you live? Are you a deer scared that you might be discovered? Or are you a lion who boldly lives with no fear? Much of it has to do with your heart. And so as you take an inventory of your soul this morning, take an inventory of your heart. Look into your heart. Take a, take a, a, a searching and, and fearless inventory of yourself. You may think you're super good and you may be. You may be really good. You may be a really good person, but you can always be better. I, I'm talking about me, y'all. I'm talking about me. <laughs> I am a really good person, but I know I could be better. I know I can stop eating to, uh, and, and see, I don't want to say, Richard, you're depressed. That job's depressing you. So I just eat a bunch of stuff. And next thing you know, I'm moaning and groaning, talking about why my stomach hurt. Boy, because you ate too much. It ain't what your doctor said. Your doctor said it was the job. It ain't that. And I knew that when I was explaining to my doctor my problem. See, I didn't explain everything to my doctor because I hadn't taken that 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 fearless inventory. I didn't do that. So my point is today, y'all, and I'm gonna cut it short. Uh, uh, we need to take a searching, fearless, moral inventory of ourselves, of our lives. Y'all know where I got that from. Everybody on this line know. I don't know about uh, Erica, but I know Sabrina and, 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 and Ashley. and I know everybody know. That's step four, y'all. That's step four. Step four is we made a searching and fearless more inventory of ourselves. This steps involve being honest with yourself about the harm done to the various aspects of your life. And after you do that, take responsibility for your own actions. After you take that inventory, and boy, you'll feel better. I've done this before and I need to do it again. But that's step four. But then after you do that, you go to step five, y'all. And you know how it starts off? We admit to God. We admit to God, to ourselves and other human beings, the exact nature of our wrong. I don't really care about the other human beings. I don't really care about admitting it to others. We admit to God. Now, that may sound strange to y'all because we know that God already know. God already know our shortcomings. He knows everything about us. Why admit to God? Because when we admit to God, we just told him that, hey, I ain't hiding it no more, God. I know you know it. Now I'm telling you, I I'm bringing it out because I already know that you know that I know you know. Amen. We admit to God. And once we admit to God, he smiles and he's like, about time you checked yourself before you wrecked yourself. It's about time. And that's what God does because he already know he's just waiting for us. He's just waiting for us. We, we need to make a searching, 
and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Amen. 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 All right, Pastor, I'll turn it back over to you. <laughs> Praise God. You know, I just sit here listening to you and thinking back about when you first came uh, to Bread of Life. And, you know, many people have passed through the doors of Bread of Life, but uh, you faithful ones just stayed here. Sister Sabrina Gutierrez, I remember she came. She told me up front, I, I, you know, I never liked church, but I'm going to try this, she said. <laughs> and I laugh now because, boy, yeah, she's been faithful, and I just thank God for her, but she said she had never liked church. <laughs> so, and then Reverend came, and, you know, he was very thin, and he had some other things going on, and. You know, but God just took him through and brought him out. And, Man. you know, I look back and just thankful to God that we have been around that long, that people have come through the doors and many left going other places. But we thank God for those that stayed with us. And we thank God for their sobriety. That's what we really thank God for, that they are now clean and sober and living the life that God intended them to live. And that's what's the beauty of the whole situation, is that their lives are dedicated to living the way God intended them to live, and they're no longer a, a servant to a substance. Man. And so I could go on with that because my part, you know, I had no understanding of a substance abuse, found out that I had a whole bunch of alcoholics in my family and had the opportunity to become one myself. But God said, no, for me, but both my brothers died in their disease. And, you know, I didn't know a lot about it. And uh, so when my son Eric got clean, that's when he introduced me, God used him to introduce me to uh, recovery. And so God has allowed me to be uh, a spiritual support. And uh, that's an honor to, for me. Uh, people, when I tell them about the church, they are just in awe, but you know, uh, God is not a respecter of persons and yes. miss it when we don't allow people to come and be a part of what we're doing uh, for the Lord and um, give them the opportunity to change their lives and know Jesus Christ and to share that information with others. So I'm always glad to hear people tell their stories because it helps others to know that there's an opportunity for them as well. So with that said, I'm going to stop, but you know, uh, God is such a good God and uh, we're coming up on the holiday season. And this is the time when we really want to make sure that we encourage people because a lot of times the suicide statistics go up this time of year. Mm -hmm. And uh, we want people to know that there is hope. And so uh, my uh, the man that I call my pastor, Pastor Albert Macklin, uh, came the other day and brought me a stack of flyers that I asked for because he is doing Thanksgiving for anyone 
who wants a Thanksgiving meal at New Sweet Home Church on Thanksgiving. And I will be there for a short time because we have family day on that day. And Reverend uh, Chris has uh, is having dinner at his house uh, and he lives uh, kind of far away. So I will be at New Sweet Home for a couple of hours. But uh, we're going to pass out those flyers, Reverend, and uh, anybody over there that hangs around over there by Ikea, I want to try to make sure they know that they can get a hot meal on Thanksgiving at New Sweet Home Church. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's how we do that. We, uh, when we were over uh, near the, the, what the, the Shelfman's Market was, alive and well again, a lot of people who use drugs and abuse drugs and alcohol hung around that particular store and we had a Thanksgiving meal uh, for them. We uh, uh, cooperated uh, with the church over across the freeway, Menlo Presbyterian Church, and they brought the food that came and we served so many people. Uh, a good hot meal for Thanksgiving. So my pastor, Pastor Albert Macklin, who is a blind man, <laughs> uh, God is using him in a similar way. And so he's very concerned about having the uh, people who are uh, substance abusers and homeless and those that need a helping hand to have a good Thanksgiving meal. And so that's what we're going going to have going on on Thanksgiving. So with that said, we're going to get ready to dismiss. I thank the Lord for the message. The message is clear. We need to check ourselves. And, you know, I want to just say that uh, I have I went through the steps in my life. And I did it because I wanted to understand how you do that <laughs> and what you find out about yourself. And even though I wasn't abusing substances, I'm not perfect. And even though I know Jesus Christ, I can always do better. And because of my background, I've come from alcoholics. And so I really need help because, believe it or not, I have behaviors that alcoholics have, like overeating. Uh, I have that problem. I can't, it tastes good. I can't stop eating it because that's what goes on with alcohol. You can't taste good. You can't stop drinking it till you're drunk and pass out. And I've been there too, y'all. <laughs> I'm embarrassed to say it, but it's true. I've been there. And so, you know, God has allowed me to understand that, you know, you can have the behaviors. You don't have to be a user, but you can sure have the behaviors. Man. And there's a woman by the name of Neva Coyle. Neva was talking about her and Sister Patsy. Sister Patsy is my spiritual daughter, and she is in recovery. She's a, a woman who has a long-term recovery. And she, uh, we were laughing about Neva Coyle. I bought some of her tapes, and she had a ministry called Overeaters Anonymous. Mm -hmm. And she talked about, she was in recovery from substance abuse, but she talked about how you knew that, that old, that you bother. Bother. Yeah. But 
<laughs> Sabrina's praying why Sabrina's praying while you're talking. That's what it is. <laughs> That's okay. So Overbeat is anonymous and so Neva Coyle had these tapes, so I've got her tapes. And she said, you know, how to eat a pie one sliver at a time. She's talking about her you know, she's in recovery from substance but how those behaviors are still there. So she said she kept going back to that pie. She was cleaning up and all of this. And she kept going back to that pie, eating a sliver and eating a sliver. And of course, by the time she got to cleaning up, the pie was gone. You know, and she used that as an example that I could relate to. So I'm sitting up here the other night and I'm telling on myself, because that's about that inventory, you know, got to look at yourself. And uh, Sister Patsy uh, and I had been out. We went to have Chinese food. And anyway, she always eats these hot tamales. Do y'all know anything about that candy <laughs> corn hot tamales? Mm-hmm. Anyway, I like them too. So she had a box. And so she said, okay, Pastor, you can take this box with you. So I'm sitting here in the chair, and I forgot I had them, and I stuck my hand in my purse and found those hot tamales. And you know, I started by eating a couple, and oh, that tastes good. And then I ate a couple more, and that tastes good. And by the time I got through eating a couple, I had to get up because I had uh, a sugar high. I don't know if y'all know how that works. Your heart starts beating and you feel lightheaded and it's crazy. And I said, oh, God, forgive me. I did it again. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, we need to take that personal inventory. Even if we got some long-term recovery, we need need to take that inventory. So I just was blessed by the message, as you can tell this morning, I think. You, Reverend, for bringing memories back of how the Lord brought me into these rooms of recovery and how much y'all have helped me and how much I've learned. So many stories I could tell you about stuff I didn't know. But people in that were in drug and alcohol recovery helped me understand. I'll just tell you this one and then we go dismiss. Sister Patsy had a brother-in-law. She uh, married this man and his brother died. And so they went over there to clean out his place where he lived. And he lived in one of those hotels. I don't know what area of the country you, they, whether you have this, but we have these hotels where these folks live. And they have some bad habits, and the hotel is a cheap hotel. And, you know, so he was living in this hotel. So they went to clean out the room because he OD'd. And so they had to go over there and get his stuff out. And so Patsy came back and she was telling me about how they went there and cleaned up the room, uh, got his stuff out of the room. And she said, we know he was using because we found the Brillo pads in the drawer. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I've been trained by the book, so I'm trying to figure out what in the world is she talking about. <laughs> so I finally said, pardon me, uh, sister. But what does the Brillo pads have to do with the substance abuse? She said, oh, Pastor, you don't know. They put the Brillo pad in there when they get ready to use the crap. And she went on to explain it to me. So some of the things I learned out of the book, 
and some of the things I had to learn from those who were uh, partakers uh, uh, of the drug or whatever. So I thank God for my education. I thank my God for the education in the book. I thank God for the education from the streets. Whatever I needed, God provided so that I could do this work, and I am grateful. So with that said, we're getting ready to dismiss. And of course, we won't see you uh, until after Thanksgiving. So I want you all to enjoy your Thanksgiving, whether you're having dinner on your own or whether you're having dinner with uh, others. And as I say, for those locally, Pastor Macklin will be serving dinner at New Sweet Home Church here in East Palo Alto. And you can pass that word along. Uh, and I've got to check on free at last. I, I'm sorry. I haven't had contact with them for a couple of weeks. And so I've got to check on them. But I think they'll probably have Thanksgiving at the house. Uh, but for those that don't aren't in, uh, in the program, it'll be good for them to know where they can get a hot meal. So with that said, I'm going to ask Reverend to dismiss us. Y'all have a really blessed day and stay safe. Amen. <clears throat> so Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. If we had 10,000 tongues, we still couldn't thank you enough, Father God. And Father God, we just pray as we uh, go on our week, Father God, that everyone have a great Thanksgiving, a great holiday season, Father God. We know, Father God, that some people, Father God, are depressed during these seasons because of loved ones. We know some, some people, Father God, pick up alcohol during this season, Father God. So we pray for, the, for them, Father God, and we pray, Father God, that they keep a mind that stays on you, Father God. We pray that the homeless are fed. We pray that the homeless are clothed and sheltered, Father God, as we give thanks, Father God. And Father God, we just thank you for each and every one here, Father God, that calls Brother Life their home that are that's not here, Father God. We ask the hedge of protection over each and every one of them, Father God. We ask that hedge of protection over the family members that are represented here today, Father God. And Father God, we just thank you, Lord. We thank you, we give you praise, we give you honor, and we give you glory because all the glory does belong to you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 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 Oh. All right, everybody, have a blessed holiday, y'all. Everybody drive safe because the roads are crazy out there. And my, my family's safe, but I just want you guys to be safe as well. All right. Bye, everybody. All right. Maybe we we'll see some of y'all in uh, uh in prayer because we still uh, can meet up in prayer before Thanksgiving, y'all. But yes, have a good we'll one. We'll have a prayer on tomorrow night, and we'll have a Bible study on maybe on Wednesday. I usually don't have anything on Wednesday before Thanksgiving because a lot of people start cooking that mm -hmm. night, and I, I used to do it too, but because I have all these grown-up grandchildren and what have you and my son cooks i don't do too much cooking anymore <laughs> on thanksgiving <laughs> but anyway we may not have we may just have prayer on thanksgiving 
I mean, on the, the Wednesday night when we have Bible study, we'll just have a prayer and let y'all go back to your cooking. All right, okay. everybody. Have a best day. Mama heard you pray. I let Mama listen to you pray. All righty. Well, tell her, tell Miss Hell I said hi. <laughs> All right. Y'all have a blessed day now. So, Father God, we just thank you this morning, Father God. And like it was said, when one or two are gathered, there you are in the midst, Father God. So we know, Father God, if whoever or, or nobody joins us, we know that you have joined us, Father God. So we just thank you this morning. We give you praise, honor, and glory this morning, Father God. We pray for the ones that are missing, Father God. You know they're missing us, but not to you, Father God. So we pray, Father God, as the message go forth this morning, Father God, that none of us leave the same as we came, Father God. And Father God, we just want to lift up those suffering this morning, Father God. We we don't pray about my brother Jeff at work no more, Father God, but we just found out that he's still suffering with that cancer, Lord. So we, we pray for him, Father God, and we lift up all of those suffering right now, Father God, and we just want to give you glory this morning, Father God. We just want to thank you because we know that you are a healer. And no matter what the, the situation, the illness, the sickness, Father God, that you are a healer, Father God, and we need to trust and believe in you, Father God. So we just want to thank you. We give you praise, honor, and glory this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone say amen. Amen. Man. Well, praise the Lord, everybody. We greet you in the name of Jesus. There he'll be in the midst of us. And so we're going to go ahead now with some praise and worship music to get us ready for the word of God. And uh, so, Dr. Carson, I'll turn it over to you. Right now. 
your Bible, then you know the story about the man who could not see. Hallelujah. But he heard that Jesus was back. is in the music as well because we find out 
<clears throat> that uh, we were listening to our our different uh, uh, chorus uh, uh, praise and worship leaders, and that we heard that uh, we need a glorified build a glorified body. That sister, when she was talking about another building, another building not made with hands, that's that glorified body that you're going to have when uh, when you get to heaven. You see, when we get to heaven, we're not going to be in this flesh and blood body. We're going to have a new body, a body that doesn't get sick, a body that doesn't wear out. And so we um, need that building that made with hands that's what she's talking about when she uh uh began to sing uh about that body not made with hands that's what it is it's a glorified body and uh so that's what we can expect and then we're gonna uh know that the lord we know now that the lord can do all things and we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And so we need to remember that. We need to remember that God is our source and that whatever we need to do, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think. And so we thank God that we can have songs that help us know what the word says, that we can have uh, songs that tell us and encourage us that God is ever faithful. We heard that this morning. He's powerful. He has all power in his hands. And then that sister sang a, a modernized version of Victory is Mine. She was singing, and peace is mine. And we have all of that through Christ Jesus. We have all of that. And so we thank God this morning that we serve a mighty God and that he is powerful, that he, he is uh, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask to thank. But this morning, we're going to talk about lies that destroy our lives. Now, God gave me this, and so, y'all, I'm going to do what he tells me to do. Always. And there are six common lies that can destroy Christians. You know, lies are just not good. Uh, you know, that Adam and Eve fell in the garden because Eve believed a lie. And so, you know, we, we have a problem when it comes to us making sure that we don't have a habit of lying. And if we do, we need to ask God to deliver us from that. So this morning, we're just going to talk about uh, these lies uh, that caused, uh, uh, causes Christians to be destroyed uh, because of the, the, the and so there's a cost, not only to lie, but also to believing lies. You see, we got to be careful because folks come to us and they tell us some things and we believe those things. And later on, we find out that they were lying. You know, I was uh, yesterday, uh, uh, 
the brother Eckhart, he said, uh, uh, and stands in the office of the prophet. I was watching some of his, um, his uh, conference. And, uh, you know, we need to be careful who we listen to. Now, that brother is definitely uh, stands in the office of the prophet. And he uh, is used of God. But there's a lot of people running around calling themselves a prophet. And uh, they are not God's prophets. And they don't stand in the office of the prophet. You see, just because God used you one time to give a word of prophecy doesn't mean you're a prophet. There's a whole uh, a list of responsibilities and things that go along with being a prophet, not just foretelling, you see. And that's what people want. I know some folks that just want everybody to tell them the future. And what the prophet said, and the prophet said, and the prophet is not really a prophet, you see. So we have to be careful with that. But we need to understand that there is a cost not only to lie, but also in believing lies. And they can damage us and our relationships. And sometimes they they just uh, when they get through, when they get through with the, the the lies and the deceit, you can't repair that relationship because of that. You know, buying into lies continuously will take you down a destructive path and move you further away from God. And one of the reasons we know this to be true is because the Bible tells us so. The Bible tells us so. The first sin was a lie told to Eve, as I mentioned earlier. One of the Ten Commandments given to Moses says, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. The devil facilitates many of these lies in hopes of destroying your relationship with God. So we're going to talk about six common lies that destroy Christians. And the first one is church isn't important. You know, and I went back in my memory bank of the Holy Spirit took me back to a young sister that uh, I was very close to when I was still in the Baptist church, not yet a minister of the gospel. And But I was faithful in my deportment to attend my worship services and my church activities. And so all of a sudden, this sister used to call me some nights and just, I didn't understand it at first, but later on I understood that she pulled on my spirit by the time she got through with me after an hour on the phone with her. I just was so tired, weary, because she had pulled on my spirit. So because she was married to a man and she wasn't happy and she had two children. One of the children was his. The other one was destined to be a preacher. We didn't know that then, but I know now he actually was called to ministry, uh, pastor the church, but left here early. He went to heaven early. But anyway, she was so troubled, and she would just pull on my spirit and pull on my spirit. So then comes Sunday in in church, and so I asked her in the worship service. So I asked her one day, I said, well, sister, why wasn't you in the service? We ain't seen you for a couple of weeks in service. She said, oh, God understands. So let me help you with that. You know, worship is a time of gathering together to worship God, to receive from the word, 
And, you know, God does not understand those little petty excuses we give because we too tired, we too sleepy, don't feel like hearing up today. All of those excuses, you know. So while not attending church will not send you to hell or make God love you any less, it's not what God hoped for his people. And uh, it can hinder your spiritual growth. You know, we need to learn how to grow spiritually learn how to let God grow us spiritually because we don't need to stay the same age. In the natural, we don't stay the same age. You know, we uh, uh, go from a baby who can do nothing for him or herself to a person who is fully capable if we uh, uh, do the right thing of being an instrument for God. And you see, we need to know that lies uh, just destroy our, our spiritual work, our spiritual calling, whatever that is, even if it's just to pray, even if it's just to uh, be kind to someone, whatever God is calling you to do. So the devil wants you to believe that you don't have to go to church because it's not important at least when it comes to your individual relationship with God. Well, I can have a relationship with God at home. And I pray, and I do good, and I, 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 and me, me, I. But we need to come together to worship the Lord because there is a place where God tells us that we need to gather together. We need to come together. So what does the church really have to do with your personal relationship with God? But the church isn't just a structure. That's what we first need to know. It's a physical representation of Christ in the world. And members of his body, we are members of the body of Christ. That's what the church should be made of members of the body of Christ, but we want sinners to come because we want them to become a part of the body of Christ. You see, it's well to go to worship, but if you don't know, have no relationship with God, if you don't know Jesus Christ is your Savior, well, you're not benefiting as much as you would be if you accepted the Lord as your personal Savior. But many people start by attending a worship service. And many people sit there, and some receive, and some don't. But the reason that they don't receive sometimes is because they've never asked Jesus into their hearts. They were raised to go to church, and so they go to church. But there is a place for the worship, the church worship in our lives. It, we are, it, the, as I said before, the church isn't just a structure, it's a physical representation of Christ in the world. And the members of this body not only share a common bond as Christians, but also join in Christ in salvation. The church is the body of Christ, and each of us serves a unique but significant role in that uh, body in the body of Christ. So you can find more about this in 1 Corinthians 4 and 12. And then you are important. You know, we think that we are not important. You know, nobody will miss me if I'm not there. 
I don't do anything. I just go. I'm not a part of the program. I don't know. I just, I just sit there. Well, you know, you need to be a part, and you will be a part if you allow God to put you in your place. So while God wants you to live a life filled with purpose, the devil wants the opposite for you. So he tries to make you feel like you aren't significant. He doesn't want you to think or care about your thoughts, attitude, words, or action, and will trick you into believing you aren't significant. If he gets you to believe your life is without purpose, then you will live a life of sin out of tune with God. But your life is so significant. God created you for a purpose. And he caused you to come out of your mother's womb with purpose. So God knew you before you were even born. And you need to remember, he knows the plans he has for you. The plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. You can find that in Jeremiah 29, 11. So again, the devil wants to trick you into believing. The Bible is a collection of myths. You know, you talk about Greek mythology. Well, he wants, the devil wants you to believe what's in the Bible is not real. That's what he wants you to believe in hopes that you will doubt God's word and even his existence. You see, the devil really doesn't want us to know who he is because if we know who he is and know what he represents, we won't allow him to lie to us. So he wants you to believe that the Bible was written nearly 3,500 years ago is no longer relevant in our modern world because it has... Uh, because it was written so long ago. Uh, but God's word is real, and it has real significance. I go so far this morning to inform you, if you don't understand, that there's life in this word. I promise you, if you start uh, having a regular time of, of reading the Bible, there is life in this word. The Spirit of God is in this Word. There's an anointing that goes with this Word. You can't read this Word without something changing on the inside of you. And a lot of people say, well, I don't read the Bible because I don't understand it. Well, you ask God to, through the Holy Spirit to help you understand what you're reading. You pray that before you ever start studying the Word. Help me understand, Lord, what I'm reading. And then you get a translation of the Bible that you can understand. And that means that maybe you don't need to read King James translation. They have all other these other translations now that can help you. And uh, we know that God's word is real and it has real significance. Not only was it written uh, by more than 40 different writers, over a 2,000 year span with remarkable consistency. It explains life and the human experience in a way no other book has or ever will. You see, and that's another thing I hear people say, well, it's not relevant for today. Oh, honey, but it is. <laughs> it's so relevant 
you know, you go right on through that word. You take a look at the book of Revelation, and you're sitting right in the middle of that book. Right now, you're sitting in the middle of that book. And everything that precedes that book is there uh, to help you know that God is real, to help you know that Jesus died for your sins. And so we just need to understand uh, that this book has explains life and the human experience in a way no other book has or ever will. And then happiness is unattainable. You know, the devil wants you to stress. This is what the devil wants you to believe. He wants you to stress about things outside of your control. So you don't rely on Christ, the one who strengthens, but that you rely on the enemy. You see, the one who will do everything in his power to make you doubt all the forms of joy and happiness. He wants you to be confused, anxious, angry about your life and circumstances so you will and eventually become distant from God and rely on your own understanding. And the Bible clearly says, we in Proverbs chapter 4, do not lean on your own understanding. <laughs> Excuse me. That's what we got in trouble about in the garden. Adam and Eve leaned on their own understanding. The enemy told Eve a lie and she convinced Adam to buy into that lie and they fell from grace. So the Bible says, take the light in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's Psalms 37 and 4. That is one of my favorite scriptures and God has proven himself over and over again through that scripture to me. Take delight in the Lord. Another translation says, delight yourself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. And you know, what we think in our head is not always the desires of our heart. That's our head speaking. But God gives you the desires of your heart. And our happiness is so important to God that when we achieve it in Him, we draw closer to His heart and his kingdom. And if we understand that our happiness matters to God, the next question becomes how to pursue it in a way that pleases him. How can I pursue this? And the one thing we want to understand is gossip does no harm. That's a lie. And your words can't hurt. That's a lie. <laughs> L-I-E. The devil loves to stir up trouble, and he wants you to spread gossip and bad news so that you will focus on the negative and not believe in God's goodness or his blessing. And we heard that song this morning about the goodness of God, and we need to understand that uh, if he can, you know, he'll even whisper small lies and have truths related to the members of your church congregation, your sisters and brothers. And the next thing you know, and the pastor, the next thing you know, these rumors are spreading like wildfire within the church body. If he tricks you into thinking gossip does no harm, you will then believe 
there's nothing wrong in spreading harmful or malicious words, which can hurt the people you love and allow you to develop a negative occurring of the world around you, which has impact on all that you do. Negativity. Negativity is what we're talking about here, both what you say about others and what you think about yourself. And so we have to understand there's a brother, and I can't even call his name, but Lord, he spreaded a lot of lies and rumors about the past apostle of the head apostle of the uh, Church of God in Christ, just horrible stuff. And he spread it everywhere he could spread it. And you know, God is not pleased with that behavior. And the word says, whatsoever man soweth, that shall he reap. So I wouldn't want to be that brother at all. The physical world outweighs the spiritual world. That's a lie. That's a lie. If we really understood what the spiritual world is like, we would know that that's a lie. So if the devil can get you to believe the physical world is more real than the spiritual world, he can trick you into pursuing things like money, power, and fame, and have you believe that materialistic things are more important than being in relationship with God. And if you think this, then you won't seek first the kingdom of God. And that's what the scripture tells us. To seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things, the money and everything else that we need will be added unto us. But there's far more greatness in God's heavenly kingdom than any material possession we acquire while in physical form on this earth. So remember, the earth is now and heaven is forever. Now, let me just give you this final scripture in 1 Timothy 1, and it's chapters 9 through 11. 1 Timothy 1, verses 9 through 11. And it says, <clears throat> Knowing this, that the law is not made for a righteous man, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for the murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, verse 10, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons, and if there be any other thing that is contrary to sound doctrine, according to the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. And then I even read verse 12 that says, And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who has enabled me, for that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. And so this first Timothy one, you can read it in your own Bible, 9 to 11. Lying is listed as something that is practiced by the lawless. Just as there are people around you who will lie to avoid confronting the truth. There are people who will buy into lies in order to avoid God's truth. Don't want to hear the truth. You know, 
one of the things I had a pastor, that pastor, last pastor I had when I was in Tulsa, his name was Billy Joe Doherty. He's gone home to be with the Lord now. Had one of the largest ministries, uh, churches in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, he taught a Bible study one night on the fact that we need to ask the Holy Spirit to show us the truth. So this is a practice that I want to encourage you to use. When you're in doubt, when you're in doubt about whether you're in from God or not, you say, Holy Spirit, show me the truth. Holy Spirit does not lie. Holy Spirit will show you the truth. You may not like what he shows you, but he'll show you the truth. We need to remember that. So lying is listed as something that is practiced by the lawless. Just as there are people around you who will avoid confronting the truth, there are people who buy into lies in order to avoid God's truth. Some folks don't want to know the truth. While the devil lies constantly, the devil is a liar. Satan is a liar. It's been proven in the word over and over again. He is a liar. He lies constantly. God never does, in fact. God is a source of truth. You look at Hebrews 6 and 18, and it tells us it's impossible for God to lie. Impossible. And Jesus tells us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. As followers of Jesus, we are called to be a people of truth. Believing these lies keeps us from fully living this. So we need to understand in my ending this uh, teaching that we need to know the truth because the scripture tells us the truth will set us free. And when you lie, you put yourself in bondage because you're lying and because lies are of the devil and we see in the word that God cannot lie. So if you're going to follow Jesus Christ and you want to have a relationship with God, then lies are out. And some of us in our past, before we knew Jesus Christ, while we were still out in the world, we told a lot of lies. And we convinced people of a lot of stuff that wasn't true because we had ulterior motives. They had something we wanted. And we lied to them to get it. But today is a new day in our life. Once we accept Jesus Christ, we want to be a part of the truth because the truth will set you free. And so with that said, I want you to know that I am just thanking God for each one of you that are present today. For those that are half absent, I Pray that they are well wherever they are because we want them to be well. <laughs> and uh, we want you to have a blessed day of the Lord. So, Reverend, I'm going to ask you to dismiss us. And uh, I want y'all to have a really blessed day. I know this is the, the, the end of the Thanksgiving weekend. And I know it's the first day of the week for those of us uh, who uh, count Sunday as the first day of the week. But whatever kind of day it is, I want you to let the Lord lead you and bless you. And please don't listen to the devil's lies. All right, Reverend.
Amen, amen, amen. Lies, boy, I tell you, lies start fights, lies start wars. <clears throat> I mean, there's wars that's been started because of lies. So I'm going to tell you, that's a good subject. That's dangerous. I, I, I Boy, I'm just going to say lies, you know, for some of y'all young people. <laughs> what the pastor just told y'all is don't believe the hype. Don't believe the lies. Yes. Don't believe the hype. However you want to put it, that what she just told you. So, yes. <laughs> good, good message, Pastor. We thank you for that message because it is Praise important. God. Amen. So, Father God, we just thank you, Father God. We thank you for the message. We thank you for the messenger, Father God. And, Father God, we just thank you, Father God, because each and every morning we wake up. Each and every morning we wake up, Father God, we need to thank you and give you praise, honor, and glory for waking us up. Not the alarm clock, but you, Father God. So we thank you. We ask the hedge of protection over each and every one here this morning and the families that are represented here this morning, Father God. And Father God, we pray, Father God, that we don't fall into those traps. We don't fall into those lies. We don't listen to those things that the world wants to, to tell us, Father God, about your word, Father God. We don't believe in lost uh, uh, false prophets, Father God, who sells holy water and, and tells us things, Father God, that we know that are not of you, Father God. So we just thank you this morning, Lord. We give you praise. We give you honor and we give you glory in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And everyone say amen. Amen. Praise God. Amen. I tell you, we got one false prophet and he got that water. He wants to sell it to everybody. It's a miracle water. God forgive me. But praise the Lord. You'd have to pay attention, saints. Everything that people say ain't true. That's right. I I just purchased oil. Do you think that do you think that's bad? Not if it was praying. Yeah, it's supposed to be like, you know, um prayed on oil. Where did you, can I ask you who you got it from? Well, I got it from my cousin in Fresno. She said, she said it's a really good source who she got it from. And it's, she says it's hard to trust people, but she really trusts these people. Mm. So that, it wasn't just somebody on, t on TV or somebody on online. It was somebody she personally had contact with. Yeah. And they sold it to her. They sold. They sold it to me because they had to send it. Mm. How much did you pay for it, baby? Just twenty. Mm. All right. Well, you donated a nice twenty dollars to somebody, and they prayed over the oil. I'm praying that that person really did know the Lord Jesus Christ and whoever prayed over that oil. But uh, we can repray over the oil. You see, I can give you some oil, I can send you to the store to get some olive oil and we can pray over because God's anointing is God's anointing, but we'll just pray that that oil is anointed. If you don't think it is, we'll pray over it again. But next time you can just go buy you a bottle of oil and, and we will pray over that oil 
and you will have the same results because it's the same God. Okay? Amen. Or, or, or you can just purchase it for me. Now, that's funny. This oil came up because... Uh, I just started, I make my own uh, uh, scents, I make my own oils, I got tired of buying cologne, so when I get these oils in, I pray over them, so it also, it also, if you want some from me, I can get you some also, and I would have the pastor pray over the oil that I already prayed over, and we can have it double blessed. So okay, <laughs> you, yeah. you don't have to buy no more from nobody else, I will send you some myself. Okay, sounds good. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. So you, you know, we, we'll take that oil and bless it over, but in, next time, you know, Reverend got some oil, and they got plenty of safe ways, so you get it, and we pray over it, and uh, that's what God wants us to do. We believe in using blessed oil, but honey, some people, you know, they use it as a fundraiser, and I'm saying... You know, if they're really who they say they are, then fine, but you don't know that. So, praise God. Whoever you got it through, I guess they believed it was the right thing. So, you know, in that oil, your mother needs to be anointing herself with some blessed oil because she's going through treatment and she's looking to God for a healing. And uh, you put it on the children. And you put it out in your house. I put oil on my door sills and uh, on my bed everywhere, honey. Because, you know, you don't know who lived in these houses before you lived there if you are an apartment dweller, if you rent. And even if you buy a house. When I bought my house long years ago, I anointed it with oil even then because you don't know who lives in those places before you had uh, left some spirits there. Uh, I'm not trying to frighten anybody, but let's be real. We just got to talking about there's a spirit realm and there are demons who try to make themselves known to you through the spirit realm. Uh, so anyway, that's another Well, story. let me uh, ask you... Let me ask you a question before you leave, Pastor, before I start okay. selling my oils or offering it to, to the public. Can any oils be blessed? If it's oil, uh, uh, like a fragrance oil, can that be blessed? Oh, yeah. We normally use olive oil because olive oil is mentioned in the Bible, the olive branch. The olive, olive is significant in the word but yes if you want to uh, sell blessed oil then you need to make sure it's blessed anointed and uh yeah you can use a fragrant oil if you so choose okay well i'm gonna have to talk to you some more about that because i don't know why god gave me that but uh i made my own and everybody every time i walk by they want to know about it but what i do even when i make my own i pray over it first so well, I, yeah, there's a there's a prayer you can pray to anoint the you know a, a special prayer to anoint the oil, uh, you know because the oil is symbol or symbolic of the Holy Spirit. Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. So you know we use oil as a symbol of the Holy Spirit, anointed oil. So that's why. 
you know, you buy, I buy that bottle of olive oil and then I pray over it and sanctify it for just that use. I'm not going to cook with it. Sometimes I heard one preacher, I'm trying to think who that preacher was. He drank some of his. He said he drank some little anointed olive oil. And that, but I, if you got fragrant oil, I wouldn't just suggest <laughs> No, he ain't drinking it. But in the regular olive oil, he said he, he blessed that oil. He just decided he could have him a little, little drink of it. I don't like oil that well to do it like that. <laughs> no. But anyway, it needs, it's uh, set apart for certain <laughs> and that's what you use it for so yeah um, you know if you want a fragrant oil and that's what you have well then praise God but it needs to be uh, prayed over because that's what you want the oil is a symbol of the Holy Spirit and mm-hmm. if it's being used for any other purpose then of course it's it's not sanctified sanctified means set apart Okay. So anyway, praise the Lord. Any other questions before we dismiss this morning? I was just gonna ask you, just ask you because you uh bless my oil. Believe me, I use it like crazy. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's what you do, honey. I go to this house and I put oil on the doorposts and what have you, and put some oil on me. I put some oil on my knees. You know the way I've been having trouble with my knees. Because it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. It's not the oil you're using it to symbolize the ministry of the Holy Spirit. And, of course, in the book of James, it says that you go and pray for the sick and anoint them with oil. And then there's mention of the anointed oil in the Old Testament as well. So it's scriptural. We're not doing anything that's witchcraft or woo-woo stuff. It's scriptural for us to anoint ourselves with oil. Well, see, God be be doing some things that, uh, and it's funny that this conversation came up at this particular time (laughs) because, uh, like I said, I've been thinking about it and and since everybody has been, if y'all got one second, just one second, I know everybody ready to go eat them leftovers, but just one minute. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So, Pastor, I, I just want you to, I just want you to say a quick prayer, uh, 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 to bless this oil because this is a part of what I've been wearing and everybody's been talking about it. And God gave me, I, I, I heard it, I heard it. He said, "You know what? You make it for yourself. You blessed it. Make it for others." So I don't know if it's a good idea or not. But can you say a blessed prayer so I can know? I know everybody ready to right. go. I'm gonna, I'm gonna send you a prayer to say over it, but I will pray over it right now. Okay. I can't lay hands on it, but I can certainly pray. But I'm gonna send you a prayer to pray over. It. Okay. And here's what I have to say about that. If you heard the Lord say you want, He wants you to share it. But how does He want you to share it? Does He want you to sell it, uh-huh. or does He want you to give it away, or you know? What, what is, how, how does he want that? Because, you know, I just want you to be doing something that's going to bring glory to God. Okay. So I'm going to send you the prayer so you can anoint that oil yourself. But, Father, we just lift that oil up to you right now. And we know about the power of the Holy Spirit 
So we're asking you, Holy Spirit, to cause this oil to be uh, effective for prayer and laying on hands and anointing the sick, Lord God. We just want it to be anointed with your power, Father God. And so we just thank you that it's uh, set apart, that it's sanctified for the, for the purposes that you mentioned in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So I'll send you that prayer. But yeah, um, you know, uh, it's the oil, but any oil, but olive oil is usually what we use because olive oil is the olive branch, the olive tree. Go through your concordance in your Bible and see if you don't find some references to the olive tree, the olive okay. branch. You know, and so olive oil we consider as a as a, a sanctified, it's sanctified and set apart uh, for the use of God. Okay. So anyway, praise God. Any other question before we dismiss? We can always ask questions. Nothing wrong with that. Praise God. Amen. Nope. All right. All right, uh, Pastor. All right, everybody. Y'all have a blessed week now. All right. All right. <laughs> How do you do the thing? Y'all have a blessed week. Amen. <laughs> you got a big Bible, Sister Sabrina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> It's awesome, man. That's freaking awesome, man. God is, uh,
Man, blessed.